Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. Welcome to episode 59, Alabama. Today we're going to discuss the McKamey Manor House of Horrors and then get into the child's witted UFO encounter. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me always is James. What's up, brother? How you doing today? Doing good, man. I'm excited because we are recording live in the heart of darkness. Well, live now, but by the time y'all hear this, we'll be back home. But good yes, point. We we are are in, where are we at, James? We are in the very awesome... Old Park Hotel in Ballinger, Texas. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna be uh, we're here with our group, West Paranormal, no West Houston Paranormal Society. Damn fool! I know it's ten- our ten year anniversary, and I'm forgetting the name of the damn shit. You're fired. I'm fired. That's it. Uh, but yeah. So we are here doing uh, celebrating ten years of the yeah. group. We're doing an investigation of the Old Park Hotel. And hold on. What? what came- uh, James, why don't you tell us a little bit about the hotel? Will do, sir. I'm going to tell you just a brief history because I don't sure. want to ruin it for everybody. But I will go over the fact that this used to be a 10,000-square-foot, 43-room hotel built in 1886 mm-hmm. by the, I believe, um, what was it, Keeley family, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the place has 10 actual habitable rooms. That we are staying overnight in. overnight stay. We, we are all are, staying in rooms tonight. We are sleeping here tonight. Yes, we got digging it, man, digging it. And the place has as many ghosts, if not more, than rooms. Yes, it does. Uh, Let me run over a brief list of the ghosts we have attending the... uh, (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Let me hear him. We have Cowboy, a.k.a. Uncle Slim. He's he's seen upstairs and encountered in the pink room. All right. Which I'm sure we'll find later. Mm -hmm. A prostitute encountered in Lafarve's master suite. Okay, I want to stay in that room. <laughs> you want to get molested? And then this next one sounds interesting. The okay. Crisco sisters. The Crisco's. Now that sounds That's, like a It's either Crisco or Churisco. Okay. Yep. Believed to be heard in Lafar's master suite and in the kitchen area, which we happen to be sitting in. A little boy named Dennis or Benjamin. Which one is it? Dennis, Dennis or, or Benjamin? Ben- either or, right? I'm going to find out your little <laughs> shit. Dennis I'm or find Benjamin. Out what your name is. Maybe it's Benjamin. Yeah. He is seen running and playing in all the other rooms in the hallway. Okay. Good. Glenn, just Glenn, just Glenn, (laughs) a cowboy also seen upstairs in or near the pink room. What is it about the pink room? Who's who's staying in the pink room tonight? Do you know? No, I don't know. Wayne, do you know who's staying in the pink room? Uh, Nobody. 
Nobody is. Somebody needs to stay in the pink room tonight because uh, there's a lot of ghosts there. I might relocate. Okay, cool. Oh, really? <laughs> Other nonspecific activity, feeling dizzy, headaches, apparitions in the yellow room, and the Pruitt Wildflower Room, which I believe you're staying in. I am staying in. in that one, yes, sir. Yep. Footsteps in the downstairs hallway, women's voices in the kitchen area. Oh, that's, you know. What, that's, what is that's, that's typical, though, right? Women in the kitchen? That, yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Touch-style lamp oh, okay. in the Preston's parlor, turning on and off by itself. Doors opening and closing on their own. Of course, you got to have that. Yeah. And the feeling of being watched. Well, I hope so. So, yeah. Touch. We're super excited. We're yep. going to be uh, here all night. We, we came here, got here like at 3. Uh, we're going to be here until like noon or probably like early morning next day. Anyway, we're going to be here all yeah. fucking night. Uh, on and off investigating, doing some interviews. So I'm hoping to have some experiences go on. So. Yeah, we, we've already walked the place a little bit. We it's are a great be, place, by the way. Yeah, we're going to be cool. doing another tour later. But, man, I'm going to tell you what. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. It really is. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. All right, James, why don't we go ahead and get into your story? I don't want to. Do it, damn it. All right, cool. Friends, this point of interest goes beyond reasonable logic or simple explanation, at least to the ones with the normal minds. This week, the road takes us to Huntsville, Alabama, home of the space camp and astronaut training facilities. I always wanted to go there. I never got to go. Oh, yeah. But what lies in wait for you there is an experience that can only be described as the ultimate test in fortitude and courage. Scary thing is, folks, there are more than one of these places in the United States, and you may not believe what I'm about to tell you. I've heard this place. What would you say if I told you there is a haunted house attraction that requires you to read and sign a 40-page waiver, have medical clearance, and watch a two-hour video of previous patrons' experiences before you are allowed to go in? I'd say you're a fucking liar. No, that's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you can get past all that, let me introduce you to the McCamey Manor one, if not one of the most disturbing public attractions I think I have ever heard of. This place sounds like something out of a combined Hellraiser, Jigsaw, or Hostel movie. Stories of torture and terror to such levels it is said that many require psychological treatment after the experience. Oh yeah, I've seen the videos. They, they yeah, do, for sure. pretty harsh. But what would cause such a fright so bad it damages you mentally and emotionally? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. crazy. To explain just a little of what goes on, here is an excerpt from an article on the Donut website from the UK. The rest of the story. I love the name. Donut website. It's called the Donut. It's the Donut. Delicious. That's just it. It's just called the Donut. It's out there. It's uh, It'll be in the links because it's one of my sources. Cool. The rest of the story is available on... Uh, the Donut website. Yep. <laughs> the rest of the story is available on the website, which will be in the links. It says, usually two or three guests are allowed to go in at a time for an experience that can last as long as 10 hours. Brutal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. You know, if the visitors can endure it, that is. McCamey says that he likes to personalize each haunt. They find out the invitee's biggest fear to Uh use it against them. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. Gabby L., one of the first visitors to the manor, explained, he knew I was afraid of spiders. That's why he put spiders on my face. Yep. And every time I hear spiders on my face, I think of, you know, yeah. Daniel Stern, Home Alone, with oh, the tarantula yeah. scene. <laughs> Always cracks me up. Don't move, Marv. Yep. Entrants also claim that he likes to pin them against each other and make them decide who will suffer from some hideous task at the expense of the rival guest. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll say, kick his ass. <laughs> Upon arrival, guests are blindfolded 
thrown into the back of a van and beaten up by the actors. And this is before they've even gotten to the destination. Okay, that's a little crazy. Yeah. It has been suggested that most of the quote-unquote actors McCamey hires have criminal backgrounds. So I'm guessing so they have a little bit of a cold soul, mm, you know. Don't yeah. you know? So when people plead, they they're a little bit less uh, sympathetic. To, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Some experiences involve guests being locked in freezers, slapped, kicked, held underwater, injected, which I have a huge problem with. That's 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 a little yeah. too much right there. A little T- too much. Tased, punched, or choked. Other recorded visits show live animals brought in to be put on visitors' faces or to be consumed by the entrance. Yeah. Like, I'm, I think they've been mm-hmm. forced to eat bugs and shit, cockroaches. Yeah. Which, spiders. I mean, that's not that bad because that's pretty much fear factor. Just, you yeah, know, that's not that bad. Now, this is where it gets a little extreme to me. You know, several visitors have had n- their nails ripped off, broken bones, hair shaved, or even teeth removed. That's you know? a little bit crossing the line. Don't rip off a goddamn nail. That's now, no. But the thing is, if they're asking for this, who knows? Ugh. All of this is available content for viewers of YouTube's McCamey Manor channel. And yes, as we mentioned here prior, we, I've did, seen the videos. we did see that. The yeah. footage shown on this and McCamey Manor's website is touted as watered down edited versions of their videos so they don't you know show the worst parts of the torture yeah yeah keep that I, a secret yeah you don't want to scare people off mccamey says it's top secret so so god only knows what could be accessed on the dark web here lies the fascination which mccamey uses to create an unknown fear that sells to a masochistic crowd yipe okay so apparently there is a demographic for this sort of thing i find it a tad hard to believe but what is you know what is contained in this 40-page waiver? I'd be interested in reading one. Yeah. Uh, I may just have to go and get one to find out. So next time I'm in that area, I think I'll swing through there and grab I mean, one. I mean, I couldn't find one online because I remember seeing this story a while back. I couldn't find one online, so I don't know if he'll let you actually have it unless you I'll go snatch through that, with it. I'll snatch that bitch and run. What's uh, going to do? Good luck with that. He's got a whole staff of criminals, so you, you are now outrunning them. I have guns. Anyway, so do they. I'm going to acquire that damn waiver. I will also say that upon further research, the accounts vary as some claim the horrors listed above are true and some claim that it is just a very scary haunted house. It is a fact, however, that the McCamey House in San Diego was forced to close in 2015 when police were called by several participants for reasons I could not find. Mm. I did look and try to find out why. NDAs, man. But it did lead to the creation and strict requirement of the 40-page waiver. Right. I did find that information. Yeah. Because there was a lot of legal liabilities and loopholes. Oh my, oh, you're pulling people's nails out. Of course there's liabilities. Yeah. It has apparently become so serious that a petition was started and has garnered 31,000 signatures so far to have all McCamey houses closed permanently. That's not a lot, actually. That's, that's very little signatures. And now I'm going to go to another source here. I got a little small portion of an article from NBC News that reported on this October 29th of 2019. Okay. A change.org petition calls on Tennessee and Alabama state officials to shut down McCamey Manor, which it says is a torture chamber under disguise. They do screenings to find the weakest, most easily manipulated people to do the quote-unquote haunt, as they Mm. call it. McCamey Manor is a shame to all haunted houses and needs to be shut down, the petition started by a person named Frankie Towery reads. Towery claims participants have been waterboarded, quote, forced to eat things, and have had duct tape wrapped around their heads. Mm -hmm. The petition calls for both locations of the haunted house in Somerton, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama, closed 
It's literally just kidnapping and torture house. Some people have had to seek professional psychiatric help and medical care for extensive injuries. I propose that all locations where this is happening be shut down immediately, he wrote. Now, Russ McCamey, owner and operator of the establishment, has come out in defense of his attraction, claiming that anyone making wild claims of abuse or torture are welcome to have anyone they want, including law enforcement, view the unedited, raw footage to debunk such claims. So, who do we believe? Personally, I think some may have asked for it, but when it came down to it and they changed their minds, they were put through it anyway, causing a level of fear that they'd never experienced perhaps pissing the customer off to a level <laughs> reported to the police or other media or word of mouth damage, you know, how they spread rumors and stuff. Yeah. You know, to destroy the reputation of the business. Right. And, you know, it does happen. So whatever way you want to slice it, I think it would be one hell of an adventure to check this place out. After all, if they were doing anything illegal, I do not believe they would be allowed to operate. You know, that's my well, opinion. That's, that's also part of the 40-page waiver, I'm sure. Is that exactly. It's, I'm sure it's, there's a big NDA clause in there yeah, also. Like I said, at least in public eye. Maybe there's some underground shit we don't know about. Did you? Um, was there any mention of like a prize if you survive it? I do believe they have yearly or annual contests okay. of extreme circumstances okay. where people are, I think it's a 24-hour run. If they mm-hmm. can survive it, they win like 20 grand. Yes, because that, that's how so, I saw it, because I okay. saw like a, a link for the contest yeah. to win for 20 grand, but then like you have to watch videos and stuff. And I, I saw that like there are even like Marines who have tried to do it, and they weren't able to finish it either. Yeah. So it's supposed to be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty intense. Because I, I thought about doing it myself, but then after watching some of the videos, I was like, mm, maybe not. I don't no, think I'm going to. No, they smear axle grease on my face and slap me around and stick my head in the water. I'm killing somebody. Well, one of the videos I saw was a dude who was buried in the ground laying down, and just his face was uh, uh, open, Ugh. but then he had duct tape on his mouth. Yeah. And the ground was like muddy near, and soggy. Near and, suffocation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I've heard that they bury you alive. Who is this? That this just happens to be. We have a in. special guest, one of the investigators. Uh, Jade is here with us now, and Jade, you've heard that they bury you alive. Yes. So you've heard of this place before, then? Yes. Okay. We've talked uh, about going, but I'm too scared. You wouldn't do it. Yep. No. Fuck no. You wouldn't want your nails pulled out. <laughs> no. No. Okay. I don't okay. like clowns either. I don't. There are no clowns. I don't think. I thought I saw a picture of clowns. There's no clowns in this place. No, this place is a torture. This is a a saw hostile style haunted house. I did see yeah. some people crawling through small spaces. Yeah, yeah, they have that. Because what it is? Well, there might be clowns because he had said that they they find out what your worst fears are and there then are make clowns. you face that. Okay, there's, so there cla- are there's claustrophobic situations. They have spiders, snakes. If you're scared of things like that they okay. throw them on you non-poisonous of course you're not gonna stick a black widow on your face but right you know, it doesn't like matter a daddy long leg or any kind of other spotter scare the living hell out of you yeah you know and i do believe that some of these extreme experiences may have actually happened because yes there are some people out there who, who are downright twisted on a level many do not understand so yeah. i can see oh, yeah. some people wanting to go through this there's some people who you know, need but, like to like have that rush that fear. Yeah, rush. hell i'm not gonna judge whoever you you know Whoever you may be, you do you and enjoy it. It's hell with it. <laughs> you do you, you know, boo. I did go on YouTube and viewed a small sample of his of his videos. And okay. They are legit scary. Uh-huh. You know, scaring the living shit out of some of these people. <laughs> so you may want to have a look before you think about going to challenge your grit. In a situation from the looks of it, you have no control over whatsoever. No, none at all. 
This is next level crazy, folks. Creepy clowns and jump scares have nothing on this from what I've seen. Nope. I will not recommend this to anyone because if they go and have a heart attack, I will not have someone coming back on me or the show claiming we are liable. Um, <laughs> so I'm not officially recommending it. No. I'm just telling you that the place exists. Yeah. So if you choose to do it, you're on your own, Road Warriors. Best of luck to you. Yeah. I'm not and, doing it. And that's my story, brother. I'm going to cool. tell you what, man. That place sounds messed up. It just, it sounds like, like you have to be, you have to be one of those people that like is so bored with your life or so, so bored with that you, that you don't have feelings that you need something like that to like bring you out of it. And like I said, as I do it, I try to bring it to you every week. So it's a place that you can actually go. If you want. If you want to. Yeah. That is true. So, Jade, right, you want to go? You sure you want to go? You don't want to go? As long as you can go with me. I'm not, why do I got to go with you? I'm not getting tortured. I don't want to do it by myself. I will be on the <laughs> sideline watching you get tortured. How about that? Thanks. Laughing with popcorn. Yes, with, with popcorn. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Well, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back with the child's witted UFO encounter. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Okay, so last week we were in North Dakota. Yes, we were. Talked about the Gorman UFO dog fight of 1948. Which well, was awesome. Yes. This week we're going to be staying in the year 1948, but we're going to head south about 1,600 miles to the heart of Dixie, Alabama. Yeehaw! <laughs> Two and a half months before <laughs> Lieutenant Gorman had his dog fight with a UFO. <laughs> she's over there shaking her head. I know. She, she's never experienced this live, so she's like, what the hell's going on? Well, I, I listened to your Patreon. Yeah. Oh, you hear all the, all the bloopers that we do, so yeah, you, you I know do. How, how dumb mm-hmm. we are. Yes. I know you personally as well. So. Yes, you do. Two and a half months before Lieutenant Gorman had his dogfight with the UFO, two veteran pilots, Captain Clarence S. Childs and co-pilot John B. Witted, were flying at their Eastern Airlines DC-3, a two-engine propeller plane at 5,000 feet en route from Houston, Atlanta. Houston. From Houston, the hometown. Alabama. As they were flying over Montgomery, Alabama, about 2.45 a.m., what was supposed to be a routine domestic flight, one they completed many times before, mind you, took an unexpected twist. The aircraft carried 20 passengers aboard, and all but one were asleep, so what took place was only wit- witnessed by three people total. Sweet. It began when Captain Childs noticed a dull red glow above and ahead of the aircraft. He joked to his co-pilot, look, here comes a new Army jet job. <laughs> they watched as the object started to make a path directly toward their plane and in a matter of seconds, the object had closed the gap between them and the, and the pilots could do nothing but watch as it streaked by their starboard side at a high speed, passing as close as a thousand feet. That sounds like close encounter shit. Yeah. The pilots stated they observed the object for a total of 10 to 15 seconds, but described it as a wingless craft. It seemed to have two rows of windows through which they glowed a very bright light as brilliant as a magnesium flare. It was 100 feet long and 20 to 30 feet in diameter. Torpedo or cigar shaped, similar to a B-29 fuselage with flames coming out of its tail. It had a blue glow along its belly and it ran the length of the object. Hmm. The only passenger who was awake, Clarence L. McClelvey, 
reported only seeing a bright streak of light that flashed by his window. What the hell was that? It's, it's the government. <laughs> Shortly after landing in Atlanta, Georgia, Childs and Witted reported their sighting to the United States Air Force, and they were interviewed by personnel from Project Sign, the first Air Force research group assigned to investigate the UFO uh, sightings, also the precursor to Project Blue Book. Yep. The personnel found that the two pilots did disagree on some details. For instance, Charles claimed to have seen a lighted cockpit long boom on the nose of the object, and the center section was transparent. Witted did not see a cockpit or boom, and instead of the center section being transparent, he claimed to see a series of rectangular windows. Nice. Neither pilot could hear any sound, and although some books and articles would later claim the plane had been hit by turbulence from the object, both pilots and the passenger who saw the streak of light stated that the plane was not affected at all by the object. Jet uh, jet propelled uh, blimp, maybe? It moved kind of fast, though, because it said it, it closed on in a matter of seconds. Blimps yeah. don't go that fast. That's, no, they no. U.S. Air Force Captain Edward Ruppelt, I'm going to say Ruppelt, wrote that, quote, according to the old-timers at the ATIC, which is the Air Technical Intelligence Center, the child's witted report shook them worse than the Mantel incident, which we talked about before. Oh, yes, we did. This was the first time two reliable sources had been really close enough to UFO to get a good look. Project Science personnel developed a map of the object's trajectory, which showed that it would have passed over Macon, Georgia. When an Air Force crew chief at Robbins Air Force Base near Macon reported seeing a, quote, an extremely bright light pass overhead at high speed, end quote, on the same night as the child's witted incident, it seemed to confirm the sighting. Rupelt, 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 Rupelt. According to Rupelt, it's probably not his name, but I'm saying it anyway, as a result of the child's witted incident and earlier sightings in 1947 and 48, Project Signs personnel decided to send a, quote, estimate of the situation, end quote, to the Air Force Chief of Staff Hoyt S. Vanderberg. I got your estimate right here. <laughs> it's forty-five, fifty-plus tax, bitch. The estimate of the situation was a rather thick document with a black cover stamped across the front with the words "Top Secret." Now, Project Sign's conclusion was that the UFO were interplanetary. Very nice. But How is there any uh, other? I guess, I guess there are other types of UFOs. Yeah, because I I kind of think they're interdimensional, but that's just me. However, General Vanderberg rejected the estimate of situation in October 1948, citing that the report's evidence was insufficient to support its conclusions. Additionally, J. Allen Hynek, an astronomer at Ohio State University and a scientific consultant to Project Sinai and Project Blue Book, concluded that Childs and Witted had actually seen a very bright meteor. Now, Hynek was known to be a, a vast, vast skeptic of all UFO stuff, but later on ended up changing his tune um, because he found a lot of the sightings he investigated in Project Blue Book, he could not dismiss at all. Did he get probed? No, he didn't get probed. Didn't get probed. He okay. didn't get abducted, no. Because I thought that would definitely change his mind. He'd get probed I mean, once or twice. It would change my mind, that's for sure. This show is very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Hynek noted that the flaming tail and sudden disappearance were consistent with the, bright, with the brief passage of a meteor. He also stated that a large number of bright meteors have been observed by amateur astronomers on the night of July 23rd through 24th. As for the rectangular windows and cockpit that Childs and Witted claimed to have seen on the object, Hynek wrote that, quote, it will have to be left to the psychologist to tell us whether the immediate trail of a bright meteor could produce the subjective impression of a ship with lighted windows. Although a project sign officer disagreed with Hynek's explanation, arguing that 
It is obvious that this object was not a meteor and that the object should remain labeled as unidentified. Later, researchers supported Hynek's conclusion. Now, one reason for Vandenberg's skepticism, apparently, was that another faction within the Air Force had a competing theory. Mm -hmm. UFOs were not planet interplanetary at all, but the handiwork of America's Cold War nemesis, the Soviet Union. Of course. The Ruskies. That's right. And another top secret report. I am Colonel Russian Space Agency, and Russia, I'm a very big man. In, Ru in Soviet Russia, UFOs yeah, fly you. Yeah, that's right. In another top-secret report dated December 1948, the Air Force suggested a variety of reasons the Soviets might be behind such a scheme. I'm excited to hear these. <coughs> they're, all, <laughs> they're all bullshit, but whatever. <clears throat> Russia, Russia, Russia. Here we go again. Including photographic reconnaissance, testing U.S. air defenses, and undermining U.S. and European allied confidence in the atom bomb as the ultimate weapon. That I can believe. I can believe that, but that's a pretty dumb way to do it. Yeah. The Soviets wouldn't have their own atom bomb until late August 1949. Adding to the mystery, the sighting occurred outside Montgomery, downstate from the Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, where a collection of rocket scientists, many former Nazis, quietly spirited to the U.S. to help win the Cold War space race under Operation Paperclip, yes. were working on top-secret rocketry experiments under the guidance of brilliant and visionary rocket designer Werner von Braun. Von Braun. Von yes. Braun. Now, see, I also remember that the uh, Soviet technology that they that they acquired to build their own atom bomb, yeah. they ended up stealing from the Germans. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. the Germans were already way ahead of them in their, in their uh, what do they call it, those... In, in water, the, water, the, damn it. The what? Hard water experiments. Oh. You know. Well, the Germans were, were years ahead of everybody at that point. Yeah. I mean, and. So after we won the war and they occupied the eastern part of Germany, they right. swiped a bunch of info and it gave them a violent shove forward. As a matter of fact, the rocket technology is what helped them beat us into space. Yes. Yes. You that's know, right. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah. Jerks. But it wasn't them. It was the Germans. Damn Germans. Always fucking shit up. Yep. Donald Menzel, an astronomer at Harvard University and a prominent UFO skeptic of that era, noted that July 24th falls into a period of greatly increased meteor activity. When the Earth is moving through the Aqua Ridge streams, the reports from amateur astronomers for the southeast for July 24th have particular interest for the child's witted case. On the night of July 24th, an observer in Alabama counted 15 meteors in one hour's watching. Hmm. Two days after the child's witted sighting, a huge fireball flashed over North Carolina and Tennessee. Manzel wrote that when Childs and Witted observed the UFO, its appearance and motion were identical to those many other bright meteors, but the pilots, startled by the sudden apparition of the meteor, misinterpreted what they saw. Hmm. There can be no doubt that Childs and Witted misinterpreted the appearance of an unusually bright meteor its body glowing to white and blue incandescence, which nice. I guess kind of makes sense, maybe. Yeah. Shooting off flaming gases. That sounds like me tonight. The exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> and vaporizing from the friction of the atmosphere. Now, Menzel also recounted the experience of a pilot in 1959 who described a fiery object very similar to the one experienced by Charles and Witted, but which the pilot eventually recognized as a bright meteor. But these these two co these two pilots have plenty of experience flying. Yeah. So like they they probably have seen more than one meteor in the sky. I I think they could make that determination. Yeah. Philip Class, another prominent UFO skeptic, agreed with the meteor explanation, writing that the original project signed conclusion that the object was interplanetary spacecraft was quote grossly in error end quote. 
Although James E. McDonald, a physicist at the University of Arizona and a prominent ufologist, interviewed Charles and Witted in the 1960s and concluded that they had not seen a meteor, the U.S. Air Force, based on the analysis of Hynek, Menzel, and others, in 1959 labeled the Charles Witted incident as having been caused by a fireball-type meteor. Of course they did. The government's always, damn government. That's right. They're keeping that shit secret. Yeah, so the hell with those explanations. But Charles and Witted stuck to their story. James E. McDonald, a University of Arizona physicist and UFO expert, as I mentioned, said he interviewed them in 1968, some 20 years after the event. The two pilots were now jet pilots for Eastern Airlines, and they continued to believe that what they had seen was some sort of airborne vehicle. Nice. What's more, Witted added a new and puzzling detail to the story. Mm-hmm. Now, they Over, were fighter pilots, right? Yes, previously. World War II pilots. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, they are trained in aircraft identification. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a requirement of a pilot. So, yeah. yeah, it goes back to what you're saying earlier. They knew what the hell they were looking at. Exactly. Although reports at the time said the object had disappeared into the clouds and simply out of view, he supposedly told McDonald that wasn't really what happened. Instead, the object had vanished instantaneously right before their eyes. Damn. That's not a medium. That goes back to your theory, too, of the interdimensional Interdimensional. Stuff. Just went from one dimension to the <laughs> other. Yep. So, what did Charles and Witted actually see? I don't know. What did they see, Chris? I think they saw a monkey's uncle. <laughs> Weather balloon, fireball, bright meteor, or secret test ship. Whatever occurred at 2.45 a.m. on the morning of July 24, 1948, the Charles Witted incident remains one of the most controversial UFO sightings and a favorite among conspiracy theorists even now. Fantastic. What do you think they saw, James? UFO. UFO? Damn straight. You think interplanetary or interdimensional, or do you have another theory? Well, when they vanish instantly like that, mm-hmm. they've either got hyperdrive of some sort, okay. which is possible, mm-hmm. uh, because to cover the vast distances, or like you said, I believe they can open a singularity and jump into another either time slash universe. Oh, maybe they just hit 88 miles per hour. It may be. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, there you go. What about uh, you, Jane? Jade? Jane? Wow. <laughs> How long have we known What about other? you, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. What, what about you, Jade? I think it's hyperspeed. Hyperspeed? Like James said. Yeah. You think they just like took off? So you think it's UFO then? Yeah. Okay. Do you think they're interdimensionary or interplanetary? Why can't they be both? That's a good point. I How mean, astute. Maybe they have another planet in a different dimension, but uh, okay. I guess There's I'll probably also that. different civilizations. I don't think we're being visited by just one civilization with UFOs. I'm no. sure there are plenty. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. So... All right, well, I'm, I'm definitely going with interdimensional UFO because I believe that all UFOs are interdimensional because um, the distances needed to cross the universe would be too vast for any civilization, yes. no matter how advanced. Yep. But if they are if they are four-dimensional beings, we can't access the fourth dimension, the fourth nope. dimension, but they're able to, so they can slip in and out of, of theirs and yeah. ours easily. What, would yeah. you, what do you mean dimensions? Would a parallel universe in a different galaxy be Consider a different dimension. Could be, yeah, yeah. But then, wouldn't that just also be interplanetary? Not really, because interplanetary means it's within our dimension, the third dimension within our planetary galaxy. Our own galaxy. Yeah, inter interdimensional means that they that it's a parallel universe, which means that it's a whole different universe separate from ours. You know what I'm saying? Would that be a different dimension? Then I thought dimension existing would be like, on the same plane, just in another right, like ghosts or something. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe ghosts are, are also interdimensional as well. So, like, yeah, like, like parallel universe, 
but um, that's it's not our universe, so it's it's also dimensional. It's just sort of it's more or less sort of an interchangeable term. Yeah, so that that's that's why I think they are, which I think also explains why they're able to move yeah. in such uh, erratic patterns because they're actually popping in and out of their dimension and our dimension, yeah. and showing up in our dimension in a whole different section because they're they're going through time. So what seems like real fast to us may be a little longer with them because they're popping in and out through time, and time moves differently. Yes, in it di- does. In different, I mean, like generational shifts. Like if if you were yep. to take a a ship from here to a different galaxy. You know, you actually, if you were to take, what was the theory? If you take a, if you take a ship to another, another system and it takes you seven years there and seven years to get back in your time, when you got back, it would actually be something like 30 years on Earth had passed because time yeah. moves differently when you go that far. Like that yeah. stupid show where those people went somewhere and they had some turbulence and then they got back. Which one is that? I don't know. Oh, okay. Good well, job. Oh, it's on, no, it's on Netflix. <laughs> They were renewing it. Which what what which one is that? They got on a flight, mm-hmm. hit some turbulence, came back, and it had been fifty years. I know which one you're talking about, but I cannot remember the name of the show. I haven't seen it, but I remember hearing about it though. Uh oh, are you looking it up? She's yeah. googling, folks. We Fly. need an answer. We can't just yeah. have an open ended no nope. statement like that. Got to figure out this very important answer to the question. Yep. Uh, manifest. Yep. Manifest. Yes, I have seen the the placard for it, but I have not watched it yet. So that's what happens. They. They get on a plane, they get off, and time is like... It's been a few hours, and they get back, and it's been five years. Wow. Or or a movie from the 80s, Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. So a kid gets abducted, um, but he doesn't know he gets abducted. So he, he goes looking for his dog one night. He trips and falls down into like a ravine, um, but that's the exact same time he gets abducted. But they bring him back at what they think is the right time. But when he goes back home, it's been like 20-something years. And his home, his parents no longer live at that home. And it turns out that a UFO ducked in for some reason and then brought him back at the wrong time. So he goes to yeah. find the UFO to go back in time. To get back to where he was. Yeah, went. but in like a split second. What he thought was a split second was actually like 20 years. Yeah. So something like it's that. It's like I said, like the movie Interstellar when they go down yes. that planet. And mm-hmm. they're down there for like an hour and a half. And they right. come back. And the dude is still sitting up in the capsule waiting for him. Yeah. Says, man, it's been 23 years. Exactly. And they were only gone an hour and a half because they were in the gravity well of a, of a black star, I believe right. it was. Yeah. So something similar so, yeah. to that. Yeah. It's just funky, man. Funky. <sighs> yeah. All right, man. Well, cool. Good episode. I enjoyed yes. hearing about that McCamey McK- House of Horrors. Yes. I am not going. Fuck that place. <laughs> we should take a we should take a group. Our, yes. Our paranormal group. I can I can uh... I can exactly see our group doing that. Wait, no, I can't. No. Not, not one of us will do it. New. No. So, but we are headed on to the great state of California next. Well, That's right, California. 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 Here we California. Come. California. All right, folks. Well, thank you for joining us. Jade, thank, thank you for Jade, being with us. Thank you for having me. Okay, folks. If, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Miss Jade, if you guys would like to support the show, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash state of fear. It's only seven bucks. Jade, do you think it's worth the seven dollars a month you pay? I do. Okay, thank you. Fantastic. She, ignore the fact she's my friend. She would tell me the honest truth. If she thought it was yeah. shit, she would tell me honestly. So I do like to hear your bloopers. <laughs> she does like to hear the bloopers. I and think. please, if you we get a, a chance, uh, rate us and review us anywhere you listen to your podcast. It yes. definitely helps us out. All right, folks. Well, we'll see y'all in California. Yes, let's get on down the road. What do you say? Deuces. Deuces.